You are listening to Give Grief a Chance, and I'm your host and advanced grief recovery specialist, Diane Morgan. And these podcasts are all about bringing grief awareness out into the world, because even today, my friends, grief is hidden and it's tucked away. So come along and join me on this journey. Let's start to bring grief out into the open and maybe you'll be brave enough to give your grief a voice. This is episode 110. Hello to all of my lovely podcast listeners and welcome to this week's episode. I hope that you're all doing really well. And as always, I like to say a big thank you to everyone who takes the time to listen to these podcasts. So this week, I'll be chatting with Christine Zarora. Now, Christine is an intuitive mindset coach and an energy worker. She helps those on their journey of awakening to let go of the past with ease and align with who they are so that they can embrace and embody their future. She uses her intuition to guide her with all of her coaching sessions and teachings and she puts her heart and soul into the work that she loves. Christine specialises in supporting those on their journey of awakening and offers guidance to those moving from grief to happiness as she gently nudges you to discover the magic healing has to offer. So without further ado, let's have a chat with Christine. Hello, Christine, and welcome to Give Grief a Chance podcast. It is so wonderful to have you here with us today. I'm so grateful to be here. Thanks for having me. So I'm going to jump right in and I'm going to ask my first question, which I love to ask everybody. And it's what was your experience with grief growing up and how did your family deal with it? Was it something that you talked about? I definitely would say that we didn't talk about any sort of grief. We kind of just, if things were to happen, like in the house or between people, we, it happens and then we carry on without discussing what happened. But I will say there were points in my childhood, I remember my mom doing her best to be like, let's all sit down and, and talk about it. But that didn't happen as often as I think it would have been beneficial for us to move through as a family. You know, it's quite a common thing. I think growing up, you know, I know for me, it was like an elephant could have come through the room and nobody would have said anything. Could you tell us about your experience with grief and loss? Because if I'm not mistaken, it was grief that's opened the door for you to do the work that you're doing now. Yeah, I would be more than happy to talk about it because you're right. It did open me up in ways on a personal level, on a soulful level, and what propelled me into becoming a coach and facilitator and guide. Um, So for me, it was 
my dad, losing my dad to cancer and the story itself and how it all happened was, well, I guess it, there really isn't no levels. Like there's no more intense than the other. Mm -hmm. I, um, in December of 2014 is when my partner who I was living with, uh, we ended up breaking up and I was sort of grieving the relationship, not understanding how that even happened because it happened so kind of quickly and we're just at two different places in our lives. And once he moved out, which was July, January 1st, I found out not even two weeks later that my dad had cancer. And when I went to the hospital to visit him because he had an emergency situation at that point I was like premeditating okay it's going to be a long journey he's going to go through chemo because that's what people do and I remember sitting there and thinking okay well this is happening and my dad's in the hospital right now and I have my family around me and I started to really question who I was in the midst of all that because it's possible my dad's going to go one day and that was that that was like my realization and knowing that I'm going to live with me the rest of my life it was mm-hmm. sort of this inner dialogue but what happened turns out my dad had stage four cancer and my dad didn't tell me he had cancer. So he actually was grappling with cancer for a couple, several, couple, several years. I'm still not even sure about the specifics mm-hmm. because he ended up passing away about a month later. So just like those chain of events and then him dying and then going through that whole very conventional funeral, which I don't subscribe to. And then, and then that all happening, and then everyone goes home, and then you're left with yourself. So here I was by myself living in this apartment. And I felt like everything in my world completely was shattered. So that was my in short story, my experience with grief specific to my dad passing away. And like you said, you know, it's the relationship as well, your relationship breakup, because grief isn't only about death. Although that was the, Mm -hmm. you know, the huge one for you, you had that breakup Mm -hmm. that you had to deal with. And I'm sure that in the past there were other losses that you experienced and and I do think when, you know, when we lose a parent, it doesn't matter what age you are, it's, it's, you, you almost feel orphaned, you know, and it's like, you do have to look at yourself and wonder, you know, who am I? Where am I going? Right. Right. And that journey for me and asking who I was started a year before the breakup, because I started to feel very lost and questioning who I was and what kind of life I want to live. And is this, does this really reflect who I am and started to ask really, really deep, meaningful questions, which then led to chaos of, you know, the relationship falling through or completing, mm-hmm. they say a more like positive approach to breakups is more seeing like it's complete. It's doesn't work anymore kind of thing. But then, yeah, losing my dad. And like you said, you lose a parent. It's, it's, it's life shattering. And did you did you have any 
formal training or instruction on on the type of work that you do now, or was it completely self-immersion? Definitely self-immersion because I, it's funny because after two years of like this intense journey of a deep dive within me is when I started discovering spirituality. I grew up religious. Uh, My parents were Catholic, Syrian Catholic, which is very rare. And then I grew up and I just didn't understand it and how it fits with me. So I didn't really So I didn't understand what spirituality was. And then when I did, and I started to uncover all these truths and these deep meanings, I was like, oh, I already felt these in my heart. So it was like coming home to myself. Now you're, so you're a coach. Um, Can you tell us about some of your offerings? I mean, what does working with you look like? If you've created, you know, have you created a program do you work session by session? Do you go, do groups? I do one-on-one and I'm about to launch a group styled coaching program. And my work is along the lines of as cliche as it sounds, but like mind, body, spirit. So I try to find balance between understanding mindset, self-limiting beliefs, all that really inner work and also addressing health and fitness and moving our bodies. And the reason why I find that to be really important within our journeys is that when we can create that balance between mind body, we allow the flow of energy to move through us. And energy is a part of our existence. It's a part of our existence together as a whole and as the universe itself. So I kind of I try to demystify mysticism through, you know, more conventional mindset modalities and understanding health and fitness. So it's kind of, yeah, the three elements is what I teach. I think that's great. I think because, you know, people sometimes back off with spirituality, you know, it, ha- it for some people it can have that sort of woo-woo connotation to it. But I think, you know, there's, when you really dive into it, there's just a simplistic way about it of it is that mind, body, spirit connection. Yeah. And there's no, there's no going against it at this point because neuroscience and uh, you know, quantum physics and science specifically, they're bringing in a ton of information proving how energy works. So yeah, it's no, we can't, we, we can't say woo woo anymore because it's, it's quite clear what the truth is. Right. And I always think, you know, we are all energy and energy right. never dies. <laughs> right. You know, I don't know where it goes. You know, I remember when my family had passed away, I was lying in the bathtub and I thought to myself, you know, where do we go? when we, when we die. And I just remember watching the steam sort of evaporate, you know, off the bath, off the tub there. And I thought, well, there you go. There's, there's this, I can see it, the steam, and then it disappears. But those molecules are still here. Yeah. And for me, it was this, I don't know, it was this big wake up call of that we just never just simply disappear. Right, right. And something I've uncovered with my own journey and what I teach is like, 
resistance to death is resistance to life. And we don't want to talk about death as if it's something that's we're running away from it, but running away from it is also running away from this very life because both exist. Resistance to one is resistance to the other. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, death has so much to teach us. Oh yeah. You know how to live. Right. Grief, grief, it doesn't even have to be death, grief in general, or it could be death, not on physical level. It could be just pieces of ourselves and, and this idea of shedding who we're not and becoming who we are. That's all part of the grieving process as well. We don't talk about. So that is something that in, when you work with people, then you help them to understand all of this. Exactly. And I didn't mention that before. So thanks for bringing that up. When I say mind body, it's also about embodying who you want to be. And a big part of this process is that everything that we are right now is a manifestation of the past. So if someone wants to embody a new future, there are parts of you that require shedding, require letting go of. And I use the mind body to create this um, conscious awareness of what are you thinking? How are you feeling when you're moving your body? What's coming up for you? It's becoming the awareness behind the mind body. And I think, you know, the mind body through exercise and nutrition, it's the whole, it's the incorporating the wholeness of us all together. Can we talk about, because I love this subject is, I like to call them the clairs. And I know that, um, you use clairsentience in your work, right? Yes. So can you explain what that means to our listeners and what it's like for you and for your clients to when you use this gift? Um, first of all, I want to say that we all have some sort of ability and gift. And mm-hmm. some of us don't care to flex that, but those of who are listening and do find this work interesting, I would say to begin digging up a little bit and seeing what within you that you can offer the world or even yourself. For me, it was clairsentience. Um, I identified myself as an empath, but it just didn't really fit. It felt very general to me. And the more I started understanding the work of, of the Claire's, like you say, I discovered clairsentience as something that I embodied for most of my life. I didn't even know I was doing it. For example, when my best friend years back, she got into an accident. When she was getting into the accident, I was with my mom and I just started shaking. And I was like, mom, I don't feel good. She's like, what's going on? I was like, I have no idea. And then I found out my, my best friend was in the, the accident. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's really about, you're still able to connect with other people's emotions and sort of energy, even when you're not with them. So what I do for my clients is kind of, I'm able to tap into their world. So I, it's like this different part of my brain, I feel that I just feel with them and it helps me gauge what aspect of their life is, is there an emotion that is holding them back from that liberation? And I could sense that through this ability. When you tap into somebody's emotions, then it's not something that you feel it, but you don't carry it. It's something that you just feel and you can help them move through it. 
Right. And it's, I'm learning how to strengthen the difference in knowing when it's theirs and when it's mine. So I was doing tarot readings at some point two mm-hmm. years ago, and I've had situations where the person's on the way to my house. because I was doing it through my, from my apartment. I would have moments where like my knee would start hurting. So I would note that and say, is my knee hurting or something going on with this person? And it turns out it's, it's them. So it's, it's this feeling engaging where they're at and then addressing it with them and seeing it where it, we're seeing where it takes us. Right. And for the most part, it's been clear that it's, it's something that they're holding on to. When they release that emotion, that's when energy comes into play because emotion is stagnant. Emotion creates stagnant energy within the body. So is that something that you feel when you work with somebody, when they release? Oh, Yeah. Do, so do you do in person or do you do virtually with people then? How do you, does it matter? Now I do it virtually and no, it doesn't matter. I was concerned about that because of when 2020 hit and, and all of that stuff. I was uh-huh. like, is this still, am I still going to be able to connect with them? And yeah, it definitely can. And even, I kind of like it more because I don't know if you can agree, but you know, when your client is in their own space, I think it allows them to be much more comfortable and secure within what they're saying, you know? Yes, I agree. I totally agree there. So how long is a, is a program with you then if I was to, was to come and work with you? Mm -hmm. Well, if it's one-on-one, I have an, I have an eight week program. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if it's the, the group session that I'm going to be launching soon, it's a 28 day. So it's a four week process. Okay. Very different from one another, but yeah. Right. So if I am coming to you as a griever, you will help me to really tap into my emotions. That's your thing then, right? Is really tapping into people's emotions yeah, and I serve I serve specifically to people who are awakening, meaning they're connecting more with the purpose, their purpose and who they are, their aligned truth. Do you find people know their purpose or is it something that you can help them to figure out? It's definitely something I could help people figure out. And it's interesting through this process of me crystallizing who I serve, the more I'm meeting people and realizing what their struggles are and realizing where they're at, it's, it's such interesting work. So they're in that stage where it's like, well, this doesn't work anymore, but I have no idea what I want. And that's a good place to start because they're stepping into the unknown and the unknown is where tons of possibilities can happen. Right. And I think, you know, the unknown for majority of people is a really scary place, right? everybody wants to know but I think the unknown is the most magical place yeah because like here's the thing the known is everything we already experience and if someone is not fully thriving and is blissful then you must step into the unknown because the known doesn't work so it's almost like we don't have a choice and like you said the unknown is a magical place (laughs) Right. So what would you say to someone who was reluctant about asking for your help because they were afraid, you know, maybe they feel that they could never find happiness again. Right. And that's a very loaded stage. And 
those are the people I usually attract. And that is to let go of overthinking and realize that you are the co-creator of your life. So that means a lot of the times when people are reluctant to let go of the past, it's because they have identified with who they were. Mm-hmm. But if you're not, again, blissful and joyful, and listen, those are just emotions are going to come and go. I'm not saying 24-7, you're right. like, I, but you should have, you know, you should feel very deep connection with life. So I would say they've identified really heavily with their past and they think that's who they are, but simply that's a mask. And that's the mask is the part of themselves that is, is in the way of themselves. So it's really a you versus you situation. So I would say like to, to take the deep dive, start asking more meaningful questions and know that within the, the questions, we find the answers and the universe, not a woo woo thing. It's kind of like, like I said, quantum physics, it's mm-hmm. patterns exist. And it's always the outer world is always demonstrating to you what's going on in your inner world and reflects where you want to go. I think that's beautiful. I mean, it's so true, you know, that it is, it's you against you, right? It's you versus you Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in pretty much everything we do. Yes. Christine, what's your motivation or your big why for doing this work? After the passing of my dad, I found myself in that really dark place and I had this sort of like epiphany I remember it so clearly too that I realized so many people do go through this tunnel this really dark place and they camp out in it because they don't believe or whatever that there is a way out and I made that promise that day to come out to go to the depths of this kind of asking the deep meaningful questions and come out and be able to pull people out and hold their hands during the process. So my why is because I believe is that these cards that we were dealt, they're there to serve us, to connect us with the truth of who we are. So we can create alchemy through the pain, through the grief, through depression, even to create a life that is of reflects our, our dreams. Beautiful. I truly believe that there is always a way out. You just have to be willing to do the work and look for it. Yes, it's, there is a way out. Yes. And I think I love the work that you're doing because the more, the more we bring awareness to the cycle of grief, it doesn't prolong. Like I feel like because we don't talk about it and we don't address it in a healthy way, it just starts to linger and it affects areas, so many areas of our life, and it can go for years of grieving. Absolutely. People get stuck in their grief. Yes. Which is really sad. You know, I mean, I've worked with people that have been carrying it around for over 30 years and you can tell. Yeah. You know, it affects them because it affects them in in many different areas of their lives. And, And eventually, It always usually ends, always, always, usually, that doesn't make sense. It always affects the health. Yes, because the immune system is compromised. We're in fight or flight, we're strapped. And I know firsthand, like I told you, when the funeral happened and everything was over, everyone goes home and then you're left with yourself and you're like, what? 
<laughs> I have to deal with this now. So I commend people who seek counseling, who seek help, because it is the best thing we could do for ourselves. Absolutely. I think because we end up, we can either end up bottling it up inside ourselves and then we usually will turn to, you know, drugs or alcohol or some way to numb our pain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the hardest thing to do is ask for help. And I do believe that we have to, you know, we have to do what feels right for us. And we may have to sit in that pain, that emotional pain, accept it. You know, once you can begin to accept it and acknowledge it, we have to become complete with it. Yes. You know, I applaud you for doing this work. She's a beautiful young woman. And I always love it when young people just really step into their greatness and, um, into their power and are willing to help people on their grief journey. I think it's a beautiful thing. And, you know, I thank you too for doing this work. So do you have anything else that you'd like to share with our audience? Um, I would say those listening to continue moving in the direction that you are, meaning seek more information and two, to open your heart to guidance because guidance is there. It's everywhere around us. And specific to those who have lost loved ones, since that was my story, know that they are always with you. And that's not something just to say. It's real. I've experienced it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, um, you know, to, to keep opening their hearts. Yeah. You want to share your experience? Oh, <laughs> well, I, I was told I'm a soul doula. So it's, I can, I basically met people before they were born. Like I've seen if it was what the child looked like when someone is pregnant or, and I've also experienced people leaving this earth. So they visit me on their, while they're departing their body. And I've had people who have passed uh, reach out to me through dreams. Beautiful. Wow. So the big question is then, how can our listeners find you? What are you up to? What platforms are you on? Where are we going to send them? <laughs> um, on Instagram, daily, Facebook, semi-daily. And I was on YouTube and um, I took a break this year, but I'm planning on going back just to just let, like, I'm just a vessel for these messages and that's basically where they can find me is through the social media platforms. And I do have my website up for anyone interested in taking it a little further than social. Okay. And you're offering a masterclass, correct? That actually passed last week and oh. it was releasing the past and it was awesome. <laughs> okay. So do you have a group? Is that where you do these classes on Facebook? Yes, I do have a Facebook community. I just started about a month ago. Which is um, called? It's called Awakening Circle. Okay. Yes. And oh. that's on Facebook. So, and you'll be offering more classes and webinars and. Yeah. So I, I, I just wanted to give out the information. Like, like I said, I'm in the vessel. So I try to like, let it just flow through me and I try to put it out there. And also from experience of my life, I, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I think it's great. Cause I think, you know, people need, you know, community 
I think when people can be in a like-minded community and talk about these things, it's fabulous. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And we're still in that stage where it's still not many people are really opening up. And I'm sure you get this, like people reach out via messenger because being public about this stuff is still not acceptable, I think. Right. It's hard. It's hard. I know. But but the more we can talk about it and about our experience, I think the more people can connect and know that they are not alone on this journey. We're never alone in many, many ways. And that there are people out out there like you and myself to, that can help. Yes. Yeah. Find someone that re- there's so many, right. Find someone yep. that resonates with you. And then, and then, Oh, it's just magic after that. I, I agree. <laughs> I totally agree. So Christine, I want to say a big thank you for taking the time and chatting with us today and to everybody out there, please go and check out Christine and her wonderful work And I will see you next week. And if you'd like to find out more about my programs, then please visit my website, givegriefachance.com. There you can drop me an email, you can ask a question, or you can share your story via voice message, and I will be happy to play it on the podcast. And If your painful feelings are keeping you awake at night, then why not download my free guided meditation? It's a great way to help you relax and lead you to a place of peace and rest. So go check it out. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, then please rate it, like it and share it. And if you feel like it, come and join me on Instagram at Give Grief a Chance Coach. And last but not least, I'd like to invite you to a safe and nurturing uh, private group. It's on Facebook. It's just for women. And it's called Life After Loss with Diane Morgan. And I would be honoured if you would come and join us and give your grief a voice. Okay, my friends, take good care and have a wonderful week.